Welcome to the Royal Green Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Green Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 431. You know, it's time to look forward, and there's a lot happening with Royal Caribbean in 2022 and 2023. And this week, we've got Royal Caribbean's Chief Product Innovation Officer talking with us about what to expect in the next two years that's brand new to Royal Caribbean. Here we go. With cruising back and more and more ships coming online, it's now time to look forward, finally. And, you know, despite the pandemic, Royal Caribbean has a lot of plans, some of which were on hold, some of which are now brainstorming, blue sky. And when we think about the big picture, uh, perhaps no other person uh, it has more hands in the, in, in the, in the recipe than uh, Jay Schneider, who's the chief Product Innovation Officer for Royal Caribbean. Jay, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Block Podcast. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited about this because I want to look forward. Yes. I want to stop talking about COVID uh, and look ahead. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of exciting things. I think that's really the most important thing because we're, we've done all this and there's going to be little bumps and whatever, but ultimately we're looking forward and we're looking yeah. at what's coming. And the important thing is that for Royal Caribbean, there's a lot that's happening right now with moving forward and a lot of plans. And Really today, I want to talk about. I want to talk about a lot of things, but I want to talk about primarily twenty two, twenty three, because we're on the precipice here of twenty, the end of twenty one, twenty two coming up, and there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, some things that obviously we know about. We're talking about port projects. We're talking about new ships, and maybe something in between. So there's a lot of stuff to, to go around here. I want to do this chronologically, but then of course you know more than I do about this kind of thing. But I want to talk about. I mean, certainly Hideaway Beach is a great starting point. Because that's something that is likely 22 we're, we're looking at. Yeah, um, we we announced that we were building Hideaway Beach. We've announced it's a adult-only experience. As we talk to our guests who visit uh, Perfect Day of Coco Cay, one of the things we've heard from us segment of our guests, not all of our guests, is that they want a adult-only experience. We we offer a brand that's E for everyone. Yep. And so in that E for everyone, we love the fact that we are the predominant premier family brand, but we do have people who want an adult only experience. Um, and so Hideaway Beach, don't hold me to that name because it may change, Okay, interesting. Um, will be um, uh, an adult only experience uh, for our guests on the essentially the northwestern part uh, of, of uh, Coco Cay. Right, and that's the part where if you're on your cruise ship and you're docked at Coco Cay, it's right off your right. Yeah, you can see it as a little bit of a half-circle lagoon yep. um, off to the right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so Hideaway Beach, adults only. Adults only. Complimentary or pay? Yeah, we haven't announced that yet, yeah. uh, but I will tell you that it's going to be complimentary. Okay. Um, uh, so we, we there's no reason... Um, if we think of the experience that we're trying to offer, to offer it for pay, so it will be a complimentary experience. And was Hideaway Beach something you had in mind pre-pandemic? It is. Yeah. Um, our master plan for Coco Cay has continued to evolve. Um, we're really looking at it through a lens of how do we protect the environment um, of Coco Cay yeah. while build out experiences that we know our guests are looking for. And an adult-only experience was absolutely something our guests continue in, in repetitive survey uh, to look for. I was going to ask you, I mean, obviously innovation and moving, you know, plans for expansion for Coco Key were always on the table. Even pre-pandemic, I remember Michael Bailey talking about phase two, three, three four, four, et cetera. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, how much does, I guess with an idea like this, did you look at it? Is this 
guest a man says X, thus we do X? Or is something like, hey, wouldn't this be a great idea? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Matt. Um, we have a much larger ambition for Coco than I'm willing to share with you. So, uh, you know, we, we are constantly talking to our guests about what they want, mm. but continuing to imagine where we want to go. Yeah. I, I use this story. I, I probably shouldn't use this story too often. Um, I worked at the Walt Disney Company. You right. know, we researched, and I, I, I get zero credit for this, but I love the story. We researched how, what people wanted to build the next attraction, et cetera, right? And a group of people researched, and, and the story that I love is um, nobody researched Tower of Terror, right? That was creative genius by a group of Imagineers to go figure it out. But yep. what was what was the research nug, nugget was people wanted more thrill experiences. Mm. And so if I translate that for us, we've continually tried to understand through the voice of our customer what we're looking for. And of course that took us to, you know, we'd love a spot where we can get away from kids. We'd love a spot more immersed with kids. We hear from people they want a lazy river. We hear from people they want more attractions, more water slides. You know, so we hear from people a lot. Our job is to go imagine what we would like to offer that creatively they've never thought about before. Right. And so, in the case of Hideaway, it's a great part of the island. It's a it's a water lagoon with amazing beach. Mm. And so unlocking Amazing Beach for guests and mashing that up with kind of a great adult experience was something that, that felt really great to us. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's an exciting area and expansion is, is, is huge there. And I remember, uh, you know, Michael Bailey, obviously, we had very few details about it, but we're getting more of it. And when do you think, I mean, do you have any any idea if you had to guess in 22, when we're, are we like first so quarter, second quarter? Michael today in a meeting set or in the press event said late 22 uh, and looked at me and said, <laughs> I'm looking for kind of a lifeline of I'll just commit to late 22. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's either late 22, early 23, somewhere in somewhere that in zone. There. If you had to paint a picture, yeah. Q4 22, Q1 23 is roughly where I would I'd okay. throw a dart. Um, we've got to work through environmental challenges. We've got to work through construction challenges. As you know, supply chain around the world is complicated right now. Yes. Um, building things that require wood, such as a, a, a great F&B experience or a great bar, yeah. that takes takes construction that is complicated right now. It's complicated in the crib. It's always been complicated in the crib. And it was complicated with the first build out of Perfect yes. Day. Um, but is more challenged with the current kind of global constraints that we have. You know, you talked about something uh, just now about the environmental impact, and that's something that, you know, I know that you work with um, other brands. You know, you, uh, Royal Caribbean and the WWF have had a long history yeah. of stuff there. Talk to us a little bit about the importance, because when you're building out, this isn't the old uh, song, you paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I mean, this is, there. there's, you you look at it, how do, how, you, do you want to do it the right way and without, a envir negative environmental impact. Can you talk about how you look, how you approach that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not even negative environmental. I, we really believe as we build out our private destinations, and you heard a little bit of us from our development in LA, but that got put on pause as a result of the pandemic. Um, we want to do it in an environmental positive way, in a destination positive way. And so we look at our environmental contrib contribution, our social contribution, our governance, all through a lens of how do we make a more positive impact in yep. those destinations while delivering millions of guests to those destinations. Um, 
you've heard our corporate strategy multiple times. Destinations are at the forefront of it. Places like Coco Cay, our new development in NASA, our project in La Lepa. Uh, my understanding is we're, we're in a recent conversation, we're talking more about uh, Labadee. Mm-hmm. Because we think about those locations, we think of it through that same lens. Yep. Environmental positive, socially positive, and government positive. And so in ways that give back, yep. not just even break even. Fantastic. So my attempt to do this chronologically has already failed because we've we've passed over Wonder of the Seas. We did. Which uh, which is coming out, and that's exciting. That's the uh, fifth Oasis-class cruise ship. It is. And now coming to North America and Europe instead of uh, China, China initially, which yeah. is uh, obviously China's loss is our gain. And, um, you know, typical, you know, it, it's all relative, right? You're excited. We're excited for it because now we have an opportunity to see the ship we might not have seen otherwise because she's been straight to China. So Wonder of the Seas, I mean, there's a lot to, to digest here. You've announced a lot of things. We still don't know quite everything yet. Yeah. Um, and part of those plans certainly have changed because she's not going to China anymore, right? Yeah. To some degree, listen, we build um, our products. We, we believe we're a global brand. We believe in the Royal Caribbean International brand as a global brand. So as we look at ships, very few of our ships are custom built for a destination. We move our fleet around the globe. Um, and so... Uh, whether it's deployed to China, the U.S., Europe, we project a global brand. Yep. Uh, and so the experiences you get on our open decks, the new concepts that we build, like lime and coconuts, resonate worldwide. Um, and so we do make some adaptions that, frankly, I wish we would have made in a more worldwide uh, kind of mindset before. So one of the things that we did for chi- the China market was we... Um, uh, climatized the the um, aqua theater, uh, and so off the back is a gorgeous architecture that climatizes the aqua theater. The reality is, a it's gorgeous architecture, and it's the next step in the evolution of the Oasis class. But it's cold in January and February in the Caribbean, and sometimes the aqua theater is cold, and so yeah. it actually helps not just if we're a China deployment, but if we're a Caribbean deployment as well. Uh, the climatized solarium is. Again, gorgeous architecture and yeah. gives us that versatility to make it truly a global ship. So some of the things that people would have looked at and said that feels more like a China-centric ship actually yeah. really help us out globally. Interesting. What are, you, what are you most... I mean, there's a lot of cool things on Wonder, right? We have a new sweet neighborhood. Um, you've got a... Um, you've got, obviously, the, the the areas like the view and a lot... There's, there's a lot of cool features that you're adding, even though this is the fifth oasis class cruise ship in, yeah. in the fleet there um talk to us about kind of the the kind of the, some of the new features on wonder that are that really stand out yeah so um the one i'm most excited about probably is the evolution of our open deck pool deck whatever you know you as a guest consumer want to call it uh, our amplification program um, took a monumental step in making our open deck the best open deck in the industry uh, if you look at navigator um, freedom and really frankly i i think from an application bias this is my bias um, oasis of the seas took it to the next level of making that open deck with the casitas and lime coconut and just the feel of that open deck is honestly the best open deck we have Um, when odyssey came out it took it essentially to the next level now two different classes of ships but as you can see on this ship since we're on odyssey of the seas um, I think that open deck is amazing. I think the open deck on Wonder is going to go even yet to the next level. Um, and I say that for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, 
It's an Oasis-class ship. It's going to have lime and coconut. It's going to have all of the casitas and experiences and pool space and shading that you'd expect as a guest that you saw in Oasis, but even bigger. Um, it'll have the introduction of our eighth neighborhood, which is our sweet neighborhood. That's right. Um, it'll have the largest uh, jumbotron ever built on a ship. Um, it'll have... Um, as you think of water space, just more water space for guests. It's just an amazing open yeah. deck. And so you see this progression for us of advancement of open deck. And so I'm giving you a long-winded answer to, I think one of the most amazing things we can do is create just the amazing global kind of open deck experience. And we built from amplification to new builds like um, Odyssey to new build um, like Wonder and future new builds coming that may even take it a step further yeah. uh, in future years. You know, this, the the eighth neighborhood is kind of interesting because it's obviously not just because it's an eighth neighborhood, but what was interesting was there was um, earlier this week Vicky Freed answered a question about that's about why there are less suites on board, which is kind of a interesting topic because you would think, well, why would you get rid of suite? I mean, category cabins generate revenue, right? The more sure. people you have on board, the more money you're going to make, and yep. suites are huge and and they make their great revenue source, blah blah blah. But that being said. You know, building out a, a neighborhood that has certain amenities that make it more than just, you know, we added some accoutrements and what have you. Talk to us about that decision and kind of balancing, you know, the needs of the neighborhood and the needs of the, you know, the, the business side of it, if you will. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So, um, again, similar to the same concept on open decks, right? Our evolution in our sweet space has, has been a journey. Um, we have on this uh, on this ship, we have a sweet area. I wouldn't call it a neighborhood yet. Yep. I think we really get to a sweet neighborhood for the first time on Wonder. Uh, I think we'll continue to expand that concept. One of the questions I've gotten is, would you ever, you know, how do you think of the trade-off of more expansive space for sweet guests versus every other guest? And the reality is we were really thoughtful about not cannibalizing space for other guests on a ship. Okay. Um, and so, yes, we have less sweet cabins because we took sweet cabins to build more sweet neighborhood space. We wanted to make sure that the amenities that we were giving to guests continue to exceed the amenities that they could ever find in a suite category elsewhere among our competitors. And so this growth of suite cabins, uh, sorry, suite neighborhood uh, at the somewhat behest of, uh, of suite cabins was a, was a, a fair trade-off um, when you think of kind of the next evolution of the Oasis platform. It makes sense. You know, I, I guess you mentioned the competition. One thing that the competition has done, some lines have done that Royal has not jumped on, except for maybe Spectrum if you want to argue it would be the sweet the ship within a ship concept yeah and would you characterize the eighth neighborhood as that or not really you know i i don't think so i we're on a journey so i don't want to um i think our sweet space has gotten better and better with every ship and every class of ships yeah um and so i think you'll see us continue to invest in space that um our guests don't necessarily ask for a ship within a ship like you see in, a, in other brands. Yeah, We really are a brand for everyone. Um, we offer experiences for everyone. And so if you're a sweet guest and you want to go ride Perfect Storm, you know, we're not going to go suddenly build a Perfect Storm side of a sweet neighborhood, right? Right. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't want certain amenities. And so we continue to build on those amenities and reevaluate those amenities well across every class uh, of sweet cabin. Yeah. So. Well, Wonder's coming out, obviously, in March, and, uh, you know, it, it's exciting. An Oasis Clash is always exciting, and, you know, you've got a lot that that's exciting there. But I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the ship that's coming after uh, Wonder, and that, of course, is Icon of the Seas. Yeah. 
in 2023. And I'm not going to ask you for the super deep secret information, double probation, because, because I'm sure... Listen, you... we, Matt, you know, we've <laughs> shared um, two really important details about it. Okay. Number one is it's called Icon of the Sea. That's right. And number two is it's coming out in 2023. Right. Those are really impactful. Kind of, you know. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though. Without This has nothing to do with details. Yeah. Why isn't there more information about Icon? Because we're we're reasonably close. Like, we don't know what it looks like. I'm not talking about, like, deck plans, but yeah. the structure, the shape of the ship. Well, we know what it's going to look like. I mean, well, I can some, of us, you, some I can, of us more than I others. I can tell you deck by deck what's in it. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you gave me enough wine. But I'm just <laughs> telling you that we know what's in it. Okay, we're going to pause the podcast now for Jay to consume a couple of bottles of wine <laughs> and we'll go. come back. Um uh, Timing-wise, so the pandemic's done a couple of weird things for us. Okay. Um, the pandemic has shifted around our new build schedule, as you know. Um, initially, Icon was planned in early 23. It's now later in 23. Wonder delivered later than it was expected to. Odyssey. Um, Odyssey delivered later than expected to. We're all dealing with the fact that we paused the industry, and it's less about the industry. It got really hard to get people into shipyards under yep. COVID protocols. And yep. so that had a ripple on effect. And then, like I said, the supply chain challenges around the world sure. right now are, are real. Um, and so um, our whole communication method around it is, is slightly delayed as well. You're going to hear about ICON in a pretty big way in, in 2022. Okay. Um, we are, we're going to shout at the rooftop once we have, uh, we're ready to talk about ICON. I guarantee you, you'll be impressed by what you see. It's the next evolution um, uh, for the brand. It's the first class we've introduced since Oasis. Yeah, I mean, Oasis of the Seas would have been... No, Quantum. Quantum, sorry. (laughs) Quantum would have been the last class in... Yeah, 14. 14. Uh, And the announcement of that came a couple years before. And so it's been a decade since we've announced a new class. Um, and so you can imagine we're spending a lot of energy uh, making sure that it's going to be an amazing announcement to sure. unpack the multiple so, things you'll see on that, Icon. That's a great States. answer. Yeah. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to play devil's advocate to your answer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the ship is under construction, Icon. It is. Right. It's under yep. construction in, in Finland, right? At it is in Finland, yeah. It's in yeah. yeah. Um, it's you'll under be, construction. Again, I, I get in trouble from our PR, PR team all the time <laughs> when I tell people, if you own a good drone... In the next <laughs> twelve months, you'll be able to uh, see quite a bit of it because it's an open, so, it's an open, it's an open door construction for a lot. That's of, large pieces get or yeah. small pieces get um, shifted and lifted into the environment. That reminds me of a story that I honestly I've heard this story. This is a long. This is even before my time, and certainly before your time at Royal. But once upon a time, I heard the story that with Oasis before Oasis was ever announced. Yeah. That Royal denied that Oasis existed, the Project Genesis project. Didn't talk about it. Kind of similar to this. Yeah. And then there was satellite imagery over the over the shipyard, and that kind of like outed the the, the idea. But I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that story is true, but I heard it a number of years ago. So we're gonna say that it's yeah. We'll, we'll go with this true. Okay. So anyway, play devil's advocate. Yeah. Ships under construction. Yeah. You have to give the shipyard. This is the. This is what we're building to some extent, right? We've done that already. Yeah. So why can't we get concept art? Not not details, but like, what does it look like? Uh, we haven't released anything. Yeah. On Icon, I I don't. I'd have to go back and look at the order book to understand even the gross tonnage, the number of gas. Like, I, I, we yeah. have real basic information out at this point. Um, we're still in the early part of construction. Construction, okay. even in an open shipyard, construction happens. 
I don't want to say secretly because that's not fair, but in small chunks elsewhere. Sure. And then comes together in the open shipyard and the timeline that makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and it, it hasn't come together yet. And okay. so, you know, from a marketing PR standpoint, we're not at a point where we're ready to talk about it. We're about to get into Wave. Wave is weird because we're coming out of a pandemic where we're still restarting our fleet. As you heard from Michael recently, our goal is to get the fleet back up and running. And so we're focused on um, what I think we're doing really well is operating during a pandemic in a way that is safer than Main Street America. And uh, and so the time to talk about Icon is really going to be in 2022. Um, you know, the question you possibly should ask will is, will Icon be more revolutionary than Oasis? Mm. I, I think every new class of ship that Royal Caribbean International puts out is more revolutionary than the next. Yeah. Or the last, sorry. Um, and so from that perspective, whether you love the Oasis clap, love the quantum, quantum ultra class, if you think about the narrative of, of continuing to innovate open decks and experiences that we build and being the ultimate family brand, yeah. you can fascinate what a future ship could look like. Right. Um, and it could be even more tremendous than we've ever done before. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting because usually, traditionally, the new class, when you have a new class, it was a really big deal. It's always a big deal, but it was a really big deal because subsequent ships within the class were just carbon copies of the original, right? Look at the Vision yeah. class, look at the, the Voyager class, the Freedom class. So that's when you got to like, holy moly, it's a new class. But that's, that I trend's moved away. I think the definition, away. Matt, of icon if you think of the word icon think of the word iconic mm -hmm. i think it kind of stands on its own okay and so as you think of breaking from the mold of what we've done before sure um i think you'll see things that are dramatically different yeah. yes of course you know I, i'll i'm willing to break a news story right now there will be a schooner bar on icon <laughs> you heard it here first you did yeah you did when i took this job michael said to me if you ever try to get rid of the schooner bar. I'm going to throw you off the edge of the ship. So <laughs> there will be a schooner bar on Icon Oasis. Good. There are certain things that are part of our DNA that we absolutely sure. are going to continue to evolve and iterate. Yeah. And then there's going to be transformative experience. Yes, of course, we're sitting here in Adventure Ocean. Adventure Ocean. There will be, it's not like we're going to rename Adventure yeah. Ocean, right? We'll take it to the next level. Yeah. The, the continued evolution you've seen of Adventure Ocean from us in the last couple of years um, continue to move forward of what kids are looking for to have a great space for themselves. Yeah. Um, but then again, this is a new class of ship, so it yeah. gives us a whole platform to innovate on. Yeah. So one of the things that I certainly been paying attention to is you've been busy. Not only does I'm make sure I answer your question. Did I? Did you, I? Did I uh, successfully dodge all of your questions? Yes, you, did, you absolutely did. Right, yes. Good. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things, so in addition to managing ships yeah. and the destinations, that wasn't enough. The real, well, I don't say the real reason, but the reason you initially got brought on board yeah. was the digital side of things. Absolutely. And there's a lot that's happening there. I watch the patents like a hawk, and you guys have a lot of ideas that's out there. One thing you've talked about a lot is um, facial recognition. Yeah. Um, and that certainly kind of ties in. You've got, you got to remember, you got to take the big picture here. You've got the Royal Caribbean app. Yep. You've got the onboard experience, you know, yep. with the... Uh, what guests do and interact on board. But, you know, you've talked publicly a lot about facial recognition, the importance of it. And there's been some patents lately that have been addressing kind of ideas. I know the patents aren't necessarily indicative of we're going in this direction. It may just be a, this is a good idea. We may or may not use yeah. it. But talk to us about 
do you think in 2022 or th- or three we can will facial recognition be coming to a Royal Caribbean ship or app near you? You know, we we were the first industry to produce facial recognition for boarding, um, even ahead of the airlines to some degree, um, and it created. We built our frictionless boarding, our expedited arrival, and then facial recognition kind of took it to the next level. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I will never call it a gimmick because a lot of the core base that we built was really built on just removing the friction that was in the space, getting your documents, your face, your security photo, your passport scanning, getting all that taken care of was important, and it saved a ton of time. And frankly, it saved the majority of time. Facial recognition took a step further because you didn't need to fumble around in your wallet and find your passport or find your boarding pass in your phone. You could just walk up and we could say, hey, Matt, um, you've completed all your documentation. We're, you're in great shape. Just go board the ship. And depending on the shipping class and terminal to some degree, um, you know, we committed to this car to bar in less than 10 minutes. And I would argue that the range, as we've studied, is somewhere between 5 and 13 minutes. Yep. Um, there are ships where I've seen people get on board in five minutes, and that five minutes is literally walk time. I, other than if you want to run, yeah. you're not getting on board any faster. Um, in 13 minutes, kind of on the high side, I'm going to call that a, a, a little bit of a, a personal um, subjective range. Sure. Um, that sort of learning that it, we could turn boarding into surprise and delight, where we could just welcome you felt that there was something more we could do with facial recognition. Sure. And so you saw, because you called me out on it the other night, um, the patent we have on the stateroom uh, door uh, yeah. for facial recognition. Um, there are many cases across our experience where I don't believe technology should get in the way of the guest experience. And so the simple one for me is, imagine you go up to the lime and coconut and suddenly there are eight facial recognition machines hiding, you know, essentially creating a barrier between you and the bartender. Right. That is not the experience that we want to build. That That's the antithesis of it. Mm-hmm. In fact, even the notion of a bartender picking up a device after you've ordered your drink, pointing in your face and saying, look here, is also the antithesis of mm-hmm. what we want to do. And so there are certain moments in the guest experience where technology can only go so far. Yeah. Your stateroom door feels like one where we felt we could iterate, hence the patent. The yeah. patent was real simple. Could I walk up to my door and my door always know who I am because it recognizes my face? Cameras today are relatively ubiquitous. They're amazing yep. at a 360 degree, let alone 180 degree. Uh, and so the notion of trying to integrate on the stateroom as a platform felt like kind of the right thing to continue to go invent. And we have a team that just focuses on thinking ahead of things that may be complicated, yeah. maybe you'll not get into a ship right away, but where do we want to go? And in your stateroom door felt like an easy extension of kind of that surprise and delight moment. And the way I think about it is I'm walking down a hallway and I get to my door, suddenly my door lights up and I don't even have to dig into my pocket to find my CPAS card, my smartphone, if I have a digital key or anything else, feels like a good thing. Yeah. And there are a lot of brands who are, who are building wearables to say, hey, I can just tap my, you know, my whatever it is called against my door. We wanted to say, could we kind of think even ahead of that and, and imagine, could I just walk up to my door, it recognizes who I am and lets me in. That's great. So, 
you know, you mentioned so you touched upon something that I just want to quickly talk about. You know, embarkation has been one of your mantras from day one when you started yeah. to speed that up. Do you ever foresee a day? And I'm, t- I guess, when I say foresee a day, well, within the next, let's say, three years or so, where the idea of waiting in the cruise terminal will go away. You know, because traditionally you sit in the areas pre-COVID, you would sit, you know, in your gold or diamond area, yeah. and then they would call you and that kind of stuff. You think that you could ever get away from that truly? So I. I would argue pre-COVID and post-COVID, it's a little hard post-COVID because we're building occupancy as we go. Um, I think we're, we're we're getting really close to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what your experience, I know you sail as much as I do. Um, most times I go to a terminal and I try to go to a terminal so nobody knows me. Um, I just experience it like a guest. Uh, most times I walk right on board now yep. i'm selecting my arrival time so i'm coming when the the line expects me to come and largely i'm you know going to the terminal i'm checking in i'm going through security and i'm doing my gangway check i'm on the ship and again that's back to that premise of part of our in 10 minutes COVID has added another layer of health checks that that to be fair to us we're working out the logistics on because it feels like a bunch of extra speed bumps but Again, it's trying to make sure that from a health and safety standpoint, sure. um, we really feel that everybody boarding the ship has met the criteria necessary to be on the ship. Over time, we'll get better at it, and the rules will change, and we'll kind of go back to, I don't say go back to, but we'll get closer to that aspirational norm of, I walk up, you know who I am, you know I'm supposed to be in the terminal, I walk straight to the gangway, you know I'm supposed to get on the ship, and I get on the ship. And that's really what we were going for. We engineered the two minimalistic things from a security standpoint. I need to know you're supposed to be here in the terminal in the first place. Yep. And I need to know with 100% accuracy, you're supposed to be crossing the threshold and getting on the ship at the gangway. That's really what we're trying to get to. Um, COVID's created a little bit of disruption in that, yeah. but I, I really think we'll get back to that point. And I, I largely believe with some, you know, folks who fly in from another destination and get there ahead of boarding opening, you got to give us time. Our operations team works so hard to turn the ship as fast as possible yeah. with the right level of sanitation and, and cleanliness and everything that they do to make the ship really guest friendly and ready. Um, I think we've done a good job. There's going to probably be some edges on that, but the notion of awaiting space is, I, I think, largely going to continue to go away. Okay. So, so we've got a couple, we got to hop around here. 2023. I think we're still thinking uh, the Royal Beach Club in Nassau. Oh, you're really hopping around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're we're hopping. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Twenty. Our, we um, as you've heard, uh, we are working closely with the governor of the Bahamas. Um, we're working closely with local stakeholders. Our goal is to continue to start construction soon. Yep. Um, we feel really great about our master plan. We feel really great about, um, we've done repetitive environmental assessments. So we, we feel that this will be a destination on the forefront of sustainable development, uh, frankly, around the world for any land-based destination. Um, and our hope is in 2023 that we will be welcoming our first guests onto the Royal Beach Club at Paradise Island. That's exciting. And this is going to be something that's going to be not like perfect day at Cocoa Key where it's like everybody get off the ship and go. This is yeah. a augmentation to the NASA experience, yep. not a replacement for it. I'll give you some of the facts that we've shared. Um, 
it, it's got a maximum capacity of 3,500 guests a day. So when there's a, a two Oasis class or a Oasis class and a, another class of ship parked in uh, NASA, yep. there's limited capacity on the island. Um, we've done that for a couple of reasons. Number one is um, we're not trying to um, uh, supplant kind of your experience in NASA. We want to create an incremental opportunity for you as a guest in NASA. We want you to go into Bay Street. We want you to go to Atlantis. We want you to go do the things you've never done before. We also we wanted to create a world-class beach club experience for you as a guest. We heard from our guests. That was an opportunity that we felt we could fill in. A perfect day is the destination. You go on a trip, we stop at perfect day, and it is the place everybody gets off. True. A beach club is different for us. It is not the destination. It's an opportunity for you to experience our brand and the level of service we bring um, at a destination that you already love. And yep. so that was a really great opportunity for us to build um, what I would call a limited capacity experience for folks. Um, and so, you know, again, uh, multi-ship day not everybody's going to be able to go to the royal beach club yeah um on a single ship day frankly uh, a lot of our vessels won't be able to go to a royal beach club so yeah. um, we really think it'll be kind of an important part of what we do and it's also um uh it's a royal beach club built for our family of brands so yeah. it'll be authentically bahamian and it will be open to celebrity any any of our brands uh who, who visit nasa okay so those are projects that we know about that are either on pause or in various stages of development. And yep. I guess the question is, are they part, would you characterize them as 23 or beyond? Uh, you've got Freeport, you've got Lalepa, you've got um, well, some other things, but I mean, we'll, let's start, we'll start with those two. Where do yeah, we stand I'll, on there? I'll give you a, a sense of our portfolio. And it's not different than we announced pre-pandemic. We did pause some things. So yep. we are going to continue to um, make Perfect Day at Coco Cay an amazing experience. We've talked about Hideaway. We've got a a plan beyond that, but we've announced Hideaway. Um, the Royal Beach Club in Paradise Island in NASA, we hope to open in 2023. Um, uh, beyond that, um, publicly we've talked about uh, our Laleba project in Vanuatu. Mm -hmm. uh, we are actively working on that as well. Um, while we paused during the pandemic, we never stopped thinking about what we need to do. We're challenged in that region. Right now, cruising is still not allowed. Um, out of Australia, right? It's going to come back, um, and we're excited to continue that. Keep working on that project. Um, we are invested in uh, Labadee, uh, and so you will see us. Um, I can't commit to a timeline yet, but you'll mm -hmm. see us continue to reinvest in Labadee. Um, uh, and then we've talked about other parts of the world that we've bought land or continue to invest in, and so you will see us got six to ten areas of the world that we are actively interested in um, continuing to develop that's incredible I mean there's a lot of I mean a lot of cool things that go down there but if I keep you to the spirit of 20 and 23 a lot of what we're, we're excited about comes a little we're excited about 2023 don't get yeah. me wrong I'm excited about opening hideaway I'm excited about icon um, I you know uh, uh, Lavity Lalepa and some of our other future destinations are just slightly outside of 23. If you sure. just think of the, I, I don't believe I can get in trouble for this. If I think of the natural construction cycle, you can only build so fast. Right, exactly. Um, and we're coming out of a pandemic where we're being very thoughtful about where we're building that meets kind of the values that our guests are looking for. Yep. And so 
you know, if I keep the conversation 2023, I'm excited about what we've talked about. And there's a bunch coming post-2023 yeah. that we're equally as excited about. There's one project we didn't talk about, which is Antigua. Because originally Antigua was supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, the first Royal Beach Club. It was, and then we and then, pivoted to yeah. uh, Paradise. Is that Would you characterize that on holds? Uh... Nope. Uh, not at all. I, again, I, I would I guarantee you that we cannot, and Michael could hear this, walk down <laughs> here and find us and yeah. give me a hard time, but... Um, there's no way we'd open a beach club in 2023 in Antigua. Yeah, but um, it's still a it's still a go. It's absolutely on our list of things that we're actively exploring. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, in the looking at 2022, 2023. Yeah. What do we? Thank you for keeping us bounded. Bound, I'm trying. I'm trying my best here. But if you want to, if you want to dish, I'm. I'm. Where we can, you know. Uh, what have we missed? What about? What do you? Is there anything on your on your radar for 2023 that guests should know about? We talked about Wonder Icon. Possibly the expansion of Coco Key in time, maybe Royal Beach Club. Um, you know, w- is there anything else on the radar that's truly like, you know, I think a lot of guests should, should be focused on or, or starting to think about as they start planning their cruises? Well, I think everybody should focus on buying their next cruise and continuing <laughs> to grow occupancy. So I'll start with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, I listen, I, uh, we're going to, con- I'm not sure how often we talk about this publicly. But I know we do, so I'll kind of reiterate it. Um, we're focused on building the best hardware the industry and world has ever seen. And I, I'm i biased, I acknowledge. But I do look at other hardware, um, other ships that are out there on the planet and, and kind of study and understand what they're doing. I really do believe we build the best hardware as a corporation. Sure. Um, and, and I think Royal International builds the best hardware. Um we're focused on the best destinations, and whether that's Coco Cay or uh, whether it's the Royal Beach Club or it's the next Royal Beach Club or the next perfect day that you may find somewhere else soon. Yep. Um, those are the best destinations. We've got to have great hardware that take you to the best, to great places. Places. Um, our people, and you've heard a lot about our people um, in the last 18 months, our crew on board are amazing. They really are. Um, the experience hopefully you're having here is amazing, and hopefully every other voyage you've had recently is amazing. Our crew are coming back with a level of energy, enthusiasm, vibrance that both I see day in, day out, yeah. and then our own data tells us is just knocking out of the park. Uh, and so our people are absolutely part of our future. Um, ESG, so environment, social, and governance, is a core component of what we're going to continue to focus on. And so as it comes to our hardware, you've seen our, our commitment to net zero by 20, uh, 2050. 50. And then yep. our commitment on a um, uh, fuel cell powered ship. You'll see soon our continued commitment to that same sort of theory on our private destination and develop and destination development. Um, and then um, social and governance from the impact that we have in the destinations we visit, which are so important to us and then how we we think about that impact from a governance perspective in our partnerships. And then the last one, and not Latin, these aren't in any specific order, is technology. We believe, we still believe technology is at the heart of everything we do. Cutting across all of that is innovation. And so I think you'll continue to see stuff from us in 2023, 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, and you're just going to continue to see this cycle yeah. um, build uh, for the rest of the decade. Yeah. Um, and obviously beyond, but I, you know, if I look at our, our deployment, our destinations, our new ship build portfolio that I've got insight on to the end of the decade, um, 
growth strategy for our people and our technology strategy, I really continue to believe that we are going to be the best travel vacation and all wrapped in, by the way, the learnings we have in the pandemic to make this the safest vacation. Uh, and I'd be remiss, Jay, if we didn't talk about Richard Fain before the end of this yeah. broadcast because you had the obviously you worked with him a lot and you came he, in. He hired me, so I I, uh, uh, I came to this company uh, for a number of individuals that I met. Um, I'll never forget I I interviewed for this job while my wife was in the hospital, so I had my second child um, uh, when I interviewed for this job. Um, I moved here when my uh, second daughter was five weeks old. Um, and so the people that really inspired me to come to this company, yeah. um, well, frankly, four people. Um, it was Richard, uh, it was Michael, it was Jason, and it was Lisa. Uh, but I came to the company, I worked for Richard for the first four years of, of my time here. What did you know about Richard before you came here? Nothing. Uh, I didn't. I, I worked for the Walt Disney Company for 10 years. Um, and I worked in, in, yes, I worked on Disney Cruise, but I largely worked in land-based operations yeah. in our worldwide organization um, within parks and resorts. And so I, I, other than knowing that he was the chairman and CEO of the company, I really knew nothing about him. Yeah. Um, and when I went through the interview process, I got to meet him for the first time by video. Um, I immediately became enamored by um, the vision of the company. Yeah. You can feel when you talk to the leadership team within this company, whether it's Richard, Michael, Jason, Lisa, Harry, Roberto, even in Silver Seas, like you really feel innovation come to life when yeah. you talk to them. We believe in what we do. We deliver amazing vacations and we and that innovative spirit comes out day in and day out, both from how we operate to how we, we design yeah. the next new thing. And it I, took one meeting with Richard to to instantaneously go back to my wife who was in the hospital and say, listen, I hope this works out. I haven't been excited about an opportunity yet, but yeah. if this works out, we're moving to Miami uh, and we're going to make this work. And your kid is named Richard now. <laughs> I have two girls. Have two girls. So, uh, yeah, no, sorry. I, I, I did not go down that path. <laughs> but the, I got to tell you, it's interesting you tell this story because when my first recollection of you yeah. was Richard would talk about you as if you were a secret nuclear weapon that Royal Caribbean had because this was right around Project Excalibur time. Sure. And he would mention, it was like the Schneider was like the, like he mentioned you in, in, in like, we have this thing we're working on. We brought it, like you were like this, like behind the scenes, like black ops. Like it was just like, it was so secret and exciting. And obviously now we've come to know you more in, in your role publicly, but yeah. you know that you, you obviously worked with them very early on when you, in with that, talk to us about what, you've learned from Richard in your time here and what really stands out to you? So um, I got to introduce him at a, a World 50 event a couple weeks ago. Um, and there's a couple things that I shared then that I share now. Um, one is Richard um, likes to say he's not a technologist. I'll never forget a meeting I was in and he was talking about the um, app on his phone and he was monitoring the 23 devices that were connected to his home network <laughs> um, and so every time uh, you know I, I sit with him and he says you know listen I'm not a technologist but but the reality is he's a technologist um, the reality is he's a designer uh, you know a day doesn't go by he doesn't say to me oh you know I was using the app the other day or I was using this thing that you built the other day and it could be better and let me tell you how you know, if you put the button here, 
like you thought about like you know these experiences i've used they're better at x versus y versus whatever and so he's a designer at heart so he's a technologist he's a designer um he's an agitator for inspiration and innovation um whether that's new concepts that we haven't thought of that he's pushed the team on that he's pushed joey and myself on he's pushed us to think about things in a different way that allowed us to invent things i mean I don't even know the number of patents that we've created in the last five years, but it's more patents than the company has created in its entire history. Not because we did it, because he pushed us to think innovatively. Um, And so that level of agitation, that level of thought leadership, that just spirit of innovation you see. And then as you, you know, Harry often introduces uh, Richard as our chief designer, chief creative. And that's not a bad definition either and so if you think about that you think of that framework right you think of the definition of what the classic renaissance man is somebody who can inspire across multiple things he is that he really is Hmm. i um uh you know somebody asked me how i thought about him and he's not somebody told me they they said hey i heard you were retiring he said "No, no, no no i'm not retiring right i'm still the chairman I'm yep. still focused on innovation. I'm still focused on where the company's going. I'm going to be an agitator and make sure that the company continues to do well. Um, I'm just not going to be involved in the day-to-day. Um, and, you know, there's a degree of melancholy that you think about uh, because you're both happy and sad at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know, he should continue to chart his course where he wants to go. But at the same point, uh, I love the guy. It's why he came to the company. Uh, he's one of the reasons I came to the company. Um, however, his culture that he's built throughout the company, you see in every other leader that's here. I love working with our executive committee. I really do. And I, I mean that in the most genuine way. Um, our executive committee, our senior leadership, um, whatever level you want to kind of slice across the company and above, they work to make the company better in a super dispassionate way. I don't have to worry about going in a meeting and somebody's focused on their own agenda. They're literally focused on how do we continue to create a better guest experience, a better ship, a better destination. And, and that level of, of kind of leadership and stewardship that comes from the culture that Richard's created yeah. and that has been created collectively from our, again, amazing executive committee, amazing leadership, meeting peers. That it just, it's a really awesome culture we've created. Fantastic. Possible. Jay Schneider, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Matt. This is awesome.